This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Reverend Jay Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. We strive through this platform of expression to draw clarity from the biblical text and and relevancy to our own uh, religious experience. I would ask that you please visit the the website, www.reverendjstuartglover.com, where you can hear this session again, uh, leave comments, and even register as a guest on the show. Now, I thank uh, people in the United States and around the world for listening in and visiting the website. Today, we are continuing our series, Introduction to Biblical Thought. So let us begin with this. There are many wonderful stories in the Bible that articulate the experiences of women as they encounter Jesus. And we ought to pay attention to these stories because we have much to learn from these great women of faith and their experiences in God. For example, in the Gospel of Luke, the eighth chapter, we find a woman who suffered with a medical issue for 12 years. And in spite of being abandoned by her community, when all else failed, she pushed her way through the crowd with great faith, grabbed onto Jesus, and she was healed and called daughter by Jesus. Yes, she was. Then how about another story from the New Testament, uh, uh, the story of the woman at the well in the Gospel of John, who after sitting with Jesus, she returned to her community and told them about her glorious encounter with Christ. The Bible says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. That's a good one. Now, how about the women of faith who who stayed at the foot of the cross in solidarity with Jesus while many of the men fled in fear? How about that? And then how about Mary Magdalene who went to the empty tomb and and was the first to share the news of the risen Savior. She boldly proclaimed to the rest of the disciples, I have seen the Lord. We can find that in the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter in verse 18. Now, these are some of the New Testament accounts. But today, I want to go back and pull one more story from the, from the Old Testament, the First Testament. And that story is the story of the Queen of Sheba where we find rich content as we explore her encounter with the king. We're going to look at this through a set of of spiritual eyes and how it applies to us today. What can we learn from it? So to add a little context, let me say this. Solomon was the king of Israel. He was said to be the the 10th son of David and the second son of Bathsheba. Solomon became the the third king of Israel and reigned for 40 years. His reputation was far-reaching. The Holman Bible Dictionary reports that Solomon is, is remembered mostly for his wisdom, his building program, and his wealth generated through trade and administrative reorganization. Solomon was also remembered as Uh, speaking 3,000 proverbs and and 1,005 songs in his repertoire. 
So it shouldn't surprise us that Proverbs and the Song of Solomon in the Bible are largely attributed to Solomon's authorship. In the Old Testament book, 1 Kings chapter 4 and 29, the scripture tells us that God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and breadth of breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. So the question for us today, as we are continuing with this introduction to biblical thought, is what can we learn from this story of Queen, the Queen of Sheba and her encounter with the king? So what I will do is I'm going to read the opening scripture from 1 Kings chapter uh, 10, verses 1 and 2, just to, to lay the groundwork for a springboard for our conversation. Um, the scripture reads in this way. It's 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. If you have your Bible, please open it up. If you don't, you can just uh, find it on your device to open it up to Kings. 1 Kings chapter 10, leave it open, or you can just listen along. It reads in this way. When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a, a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. So, here we are. The question again is, what can we learn from this story as a takeaway for our lived experience today? Well, if we don't fly through the reading of the text, the very first half of the first verse tells us when the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, right away we see that she had a listening ear and a listening heart. Absolutely. She, she heard the testimonies. Testimonies about Solomon had reached the ears of the queen, not, not only of his popularity, his wealth and wisdom, but more importantly, she heard about Solomon's relationship with God. As a matter of fact, what she heard was so remarkable that she was compelled to investigate it for herself. And her, her admiration for what she heard ignited and inspired her interest and her suspicions. And she, she decided that she had to get up and go, go to Jerusalem to meet Solomon in person, face to face, one on one. And I, I would like to remember that this verse can remind us all of our own experience with the Lord. Just like the queen heard many things about the king, I know that early in my life, I heard a lot about Jesus from other people. Mother, my mother, my father, grandparents, the guardians, they told us all something about Jesus. Sunday school teachers, preachers, people knocking on your door, or people standing on the street handing out tracts. We heard a lot of good things, but we may have also heard some stuff that wasn't clear to us. We had our doubts, we had our criticisms, we had our suspicions, our questions, and we had our hesitancies. But at some point along our faith journey, I know at some point along my faith journey, something happened on the inside. 
I know what I heard, but I needed to know for myself. Now the queen heard a lot of marvelous things about King Solomon, but she was led to do more than just hear. The other half of that verse one says that she came to test Solomon with hard questions. So let's, let's just look at that. It says she came to test King Solomon. In order to get to the king, she had to leave where she was. She was willing to leave her kingdom behind and step out of her comfort zone. To, to, she was willing to step away from her daily routine in order to re embark on, on a journey to satisfy the questions on her mind. So she left where she was to visit the king. A question for us today is, are you willing? Are you willing to leave your trouble behind and look past your circumstances of today in order to make time to sit with the king? As a, a powerful queen with great resources, she could have stayed home and sent an inquiring investigative delegation. But the, the intensity of her curiosity compelled her to leave her safe space and set out on a journey seeking this encounter with the king. I must remind you that this expedition was well over 1,000 miles. She didn't have the luxury or the convenience of meeting Solomon on a Zoom meeting. So she made, let's see now, she made a deliberate and intentional endeavor to embark on a journey to go and meet with the king. Now this journey to get to the king came with some inherent challenges. If I use my imagination, I can picture this long gift laden caravan of camels with weary and exhausted servants covered in sand dust and slowly moving across the deadly desert terrain, enduring the extreme heat of the day and the freezing cold at night. They travel through dangerous territory, known to be a pathway occupied by predators and robbers who were willing to kill to take everything that she had as she was journeying on her way to see the king. But as we imaginatively gaze upon this caravan that was carrying the Queen of the South, we can draw a safe conclusion. This woman is an earnest seeker of the truth. This is someone who has set her heart on getting into the presence of the King, willing to leave all behind and travel a treacherous road filled with uncertainty. She wasn't about to let the threat of wild animals or robbers deter her or stop her from getting to the king. Yes, she, she was on a mission. She didn't want to just visit the king because verse one also says that she came to test Solomon with hard questions. So here we are. Now, there are some secular scholars that would suggest that the cultural practice during this period was to assess the intellectual capabilities of a person by questioning them with non-philosophical, non-religious riddles to see how quickly they could solve the riddle. And then they would make a judgment 
about the person's ability to lead and their intellectual capability. I don't buy into that theory. I, I see a little bit more in this text than that. I believe that the king, the queen rather, wanted to probe the heart and mind of King Solomon and learn about, as the scripture said, his relationship with God. She wanted to know more about the God that Solomon served. And she prepared herself with heart questions, questions that came from her deepest concerns, they weren't casual questions, flippant questions, rhetorical questions. She wanted a look into the man who was so blessed, so wise, so wealthy. She wanted to know more about this God that Solomon believed in. She wanted to see for herself if all that she heard was true. So now the, the second verse begins with this. It says, arriving at Jerusalem, with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones. That's how it starts out. And I'd like to say this. As she journeyed towards the king, she didn't arrive, she didn't plan to arrive at the king's palace empty-handed. Some secular scholars, again, would suggest that this was simply a trade mission or a business venture, a business trip in which the Queen of Sheba was looking to do business with Solomon. But if we pay attention to the scripture, the, the second half of verse 2 is where the scripture says she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. What was on her mind certainly included knowing about Solomon's relationship with God. And guess what? She brought gifts with her. Why? The gifts was a way of showing respect and honor, not only for Solomon, but in honor of the God that had so richly blessed Solomon. She wasn't trying to sell her merchandise to Solomon. So here's the big point. The Queen of Sheba made it her business, her priority to set up this meeting. And finally, after enduring this difficult journey to the king, she gets to sit with the king. What a blessing. And what happened when she sat with the king? The Bible says in verse 3 that Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain her. That's something that we need to remember when, as we are in search of wisdom or needing to make a decision, how about going to the king? Now, I am a uh, ordained Baptist minister, so I'm speaking this from the lens of, of Christian faith. And there's nothing that is beyond the wise counsel of God. So, the Queen of Sheba, she spent hours in deep conversation and, and dialogue with the king. And he answered all, not some of, but all of her inquiries. And, and his insight surpassed her expectations. She experienced life-changing moments of revelation. Let's just say she had aha moments along her epiphanic journey. The king captivated her, fascinated her, and attracted her even further through his self-disclosure. 
What do I mean by his, the king's self-disclosure? He told her all about himself, the mighty God he served, and how God had blessed him behind, beyond measure. I want to let you know that she was overwhelmed in the presence of the king. The Bible says in verses 4 and 5 that when the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. I can imagine that. And guess what? Not only was she overwhelmed, but she couldn't keep quiet about it. She began to testify about what she had heard. And now what she is seeing with her own eyes is better than what she heard. She said to the king, this is what she said. She began to tell the story. She said, listen, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told to me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. At this point in the story, as she testified, as to the greatness of, of God's activity in the life of Solomon. She moves from the powerful witness of testimony to some sure enough praise. That's right, she praised God in the presence of the king. Now, when we talk about the queen of Sheba, I don't know who you think she was or what image comes to your mind. But knowing what I know, about this queen of Ethiopia. I believe she may have just broken out in a praise dance. She shouted it out in verse nine. She said, praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you <clears throat> on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. I love that the function of the king was to maintain justice and righteousness in the eyes of God. But she did more than offer words of praise. Her expression of faith didn't stop there with her words. She actually blessed the king. You see, Queen of Sheba, the Queen of Sheba, she had a, a giving heart and a generous hand. The Bible says that she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. And never again were so many spices brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. So I think that we can also bless the king. Most importantly, first and foremost, with, with how we live our lives. And yes, we, we embrace the shared ministerial work carrying out the missiology of the church or the mission of the church. 
We can bless the Lord as we offer our support, our tithes, talents, our time, our gifts, and our willingness to do God's work. Our willingness to step outside of the boundaries of our own salvific experience and do something for someone in need is a way that we can bless the King. Oh yes, we can bless the Lord with our songs and praise. I love the worship experience. It's great to be able to sing and shout and dance in the aisles on Sunday morning. I love it. But come Monday through Saturday evening, we must be willing to honor God, bless our King with the way we live our lives as we walk circumspectly in this world. Now, after she testified about all she saw compared to what she heard, and after she praised God, after she gave her gifts, and after she blessed the king, then what happened? It was no surprise to me. The Bible says that she was, she was actually blessed by the king. Verse 13 tells us that King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for besides what he had given her out of his royal bounty, that means out of his own body. Then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. She returned to her country with the abundance of the king's blessing. Glory to God, hallelujah. So here's the crux of the matter. And if anybody wants to come on in and, and share how God has moved in their life and how, how you're drawn to the Lord and how you sit with the king today. Please come on in. So here's the crux of the matter. Have we sat with the king of kings, Jesus, late? The queen of Sheba did, and the king blessed her. Her life was transformed in unimaginable ways. History and tradition tells us that she returned to her country and spread the news about the God of Solomon. Now, we are challenged today because we are a very busy people. We're living in a world that offers great distractions and, and frequent opportunities to, to be pulled away from God. So let us be reminded by the queen. She made a deliberate an intentional effort to move out of her comfort zone, out of the busyness of her schedule, to make time to sit with the king. Now, sometimes we get uh, we get so busy, we get caught up in the rhythm of life. Um, we get caught up with the busyness of life that we get we forget about, neglect, or even re or resist spending time with God. Um, now, I know some people, nobody here in this crowd, of course, that are, that are so busy all day long that they finally uh, decide to check in with God as they are getting ready to go to bed. And in their prayer life, quite frankly, it, 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 uh, they end up falling asleep. Two minutes in, they end up uh, falling asleep. The truth is, God wants to spend a better quality time with us. But in his presence, there is fullness of joy. It is there, in his presence, as you intentionally sit with God, that you will experience the glorious, captivating splendor of his majesty. 
and it is there that he will refresh you, restore your strength, reveal himself and his will to you, and send you away with more than you expect. He will bless you over and over again. And I don't know about you, but as he continually reveals himself to me, I get overwhelmed with gratitude. He gives me assurances of his amazing grace and his unfailing love. He graces me with consolation. What do I mean by that? Well, every increase of hope, faith, and charity that I experience comes from God. He gives me joy on the inside that points me to his truth and mercy. Yes, he does. He gives me a joy that, as the song says, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. He gives me a love that I have that the world didn't give and the world cannot take it away. He gives me the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that I have. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. And in the middle of the storm, he quiets my soul and grants me peace in and through his son, Jesus the Christ. I am still in awe of how God has blessed me and my wife, and I can't keep quiet about it. So now I've talked a lot about sitting with the king, but what does that look like for us today as people of faith? And if you have uh, something that you'd like to share with me, please come on in. You are welcome um, to share your insights in this regard. For me, sitting with the king looks like making time and spending time in prayer, talking to God and listening to hear from God. Whether you are sitting, kneeling, standing, walking, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we are a praying people. Sitting with the king is also making time and, and spending time prayerfully reading and searching the scriptures to get to know God. Imagine that, letting God speak to you through the divinely inspired word of God. I would say this for, the, for the, those who, who are newly acquainted with the biblical text. You don't have to read uh, just to be able to say how much you read. But rather, I would take it slow and, and read prayerfully. Ask God to reveal himself to you through his word, to reveal himself, his self-disclosure. Let him tell you all about himself, just like the king did with the queen of Sheba. Take it slow, read the same thing over and over. There's, there's a practice called Lectio Divina in which you, you read a particular passage in the Bible over and over, out loud to yourself. Let's say you do that at least 10 times. By the time you get around to the 10th time, um, I believe that God would be speaking to you in your reading. And, and as you read, 
you, you begin to take note of, of what's jumping out to you in your thoughts. So yeah, take time without speed reading and get acquainted with God through the written word. And then just like the Queen of Sheba, we can enter into this sacred encounter with the king that we call prayer. We can bring our, our deepest concerns and, and present our sincerest inquiries. I know that we will leave his presence blessed by God in ways beyond our measure and our expectation. You know, Isaiah 55 verse 3 says, the God says through the prophet, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Revelations 3:20 says in the words of Jesus, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So I just wanted to remind us today that God is a diligent rewarder of them that seek him. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So let us be sure to make time out of in our busy lives to spend time sitting with the king. And just like the queen of Sheba, you'll come in one way with your gifts, with your deepest concerns, bringing your entire self into the presence of God and you will leave with more than you came with. I can promise you that as a person of faith, sharing out of my experience. So once again, I want to, um, again, thank people from around the world who have visited the website, www.reverendjstuartglover.com. People in Germany, people in Sweden, in France, in Germany, in uh, Singapore, Philippines, um, the Caribbean. I want to thank you, and the United States. I want to thank you for visiting the site, um, posting you can always post your comments and you can reach out to me personally and leave a voicemail. You can register as a guest on the show. <clears throat> you are invited. So in, in closing, I just want to encourage you. This has been an introduction to biblical thought. And it's the fifth part. We've gone through some Old Testament scriptures. And again, next week, we plan to begin a journey um, into the New Testament where we find the Gospels we find a historical account of the early church we find letters from the Apostles uh, and, and a prophetic book if you've never read the Bible or you have a minimal acquaintance with the Bible I promise you that this introductory discussion will give you something to um, think about and it will also prepare us uh, to sit with the king, as they say, in the next few weeks. So I'm signing off. And God bless you. And I shall be around next Sunday at the same time. Thank you. God bless you.